Welcome to the eLaborate Topics Podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Elaborate Topics podcast. I am your co-host for today, Stephanie Whitehead. If you haven't listened before, the Elaborate podcast is a weekly podcast where myself and my two co-hosts, Taiwana Wilson and Lona Small, help our lab professional friends excel inside and outside of the laboratory. So before I get too far into this podcast, do me a favor and share this out with your friends. We're available on all podcast platforms. You can also go over to LinkedIn and join in on our conversations and our LinkedIn group using Elaborate Topics as the title in the search bar. So let's get into today's topic. Today, I'm going to be giving you some quick top tips for engaging and motivating your team. And we've done so many podcasts on this topic, and there's so much content on employee engagement um, and motivating your team. And let's talk about why it's important. And let's just be honest. If you think about if you're in management, whether you're a formal manager or an informal manager, so much of your day in the laboratory can be filled with drama from the gossiping to the tattling to the venting to the score keeping. So when we engage and motivate our team, we're giving them the tactics to channel that energy, those negative uh, energies that cause, uh, you know, unproductivity on the bench. We're giving them an opportunity to channel that energy um, into something that will give them uh, actionable items that they can use. Some people will talk about, you know, managing across generations, managing Gen Xers versus managing millennials. But this engagement and motivation is true for all teams and all staff of all ages. There is a Gallup survey that I've mentioned in many sessions and in many podcasts that talks about um, and states that 50% of the workforce actually quits every single day, Um, just not physically. They disengage from their jobs. And what does that look like? There are meetings after the meetings. Um, There's unproductivity in the day. This is when techs are asked to do more when they consider doing more with less. And what I mean about that is doing more tests, answering more phone calls, responding to more changes with less staff. And it's very important now especially with our very well-documented workforce shortage and the higher rate of turnover and burnout in the laboratory medicine profession. I'm going to be honest, John, drama will come your way every day and giving your staff the tools that they need to turn that drama um, into action and move on will help you and your team tremendously. These are very challenging times. We all know that. But it's also the times that we live in. These are the times and we need a way to better manage our energy and better manage our team. So let's get into it because employee engagement does equal energy management. We can't stop the phone from ringing. We can't stop the tube system from going off and and sending specimens, but we can look at how we respond to that at work. 
Um, before we get too deep into it, and I've talked about this before, but I want to give an important reminder that there is a difference between employee satisfaction and employee engagement. And I've always said that employee satisfaction is the measurement of an employee's happiness with their current job or process or condition. Um, this doesn't measure how much effort an employee is willing to expend, but this is the state of an employee enjoying their job, enjoying their workplace, having friends at work. Um, and feeling intrinsically happy and enthusiastic about their workspace. But I've always told my team, you know, I don't hold you responsible for people's employee satisfaction or personal happiness because there are so many things that impact a person's personal happiness that you don't have control over. Somebody could be going through a divorce or somebody could have had a fight with their family member before they came to work and you have no control over that. In contrast, engagement is a measurement of an employee's commitment to the mission and the values and the goals of the organization. And it's how you can measure if employees feel connected to the purpose of the job. And it takes into account um, the amount of effort that they are willing to expend for that job. And that's what you should hold yourself accountable to. Um, not just you, but the entire team, the entire team impacts your employee, your employee engagement. So if your turnover is low and everyone seems happy, should you still worry about your employee engagement? Yes. Because like I said, 50% of people quit every day. Um, they just don't leave. They quit on the job. And, and what does that look like when I say quitting on the job? Well, I mean that that means that people don't leave physically. They just simply mentally disengage. And so that can look like tardies, prolonged work days or delays, additional meetings after the meetings or follow-up meetings because people may not have their action items prepared. This can look like overtime. This can look like extra time in retaining and training individuals. It can take on many forms. And so this is why we want to focus on employee engagement. Um, when we do that, organizations are more likely to maintain a strong workforce that is willing to expend extra effort and energy, drive business goals, and deliver a return on your investment. Um, so when we talk about retention rates, increased engagement equals increased retention. We know that hiring is not easy no matter where you are. Like I said, there's a workforce shortage. It's so hard to find qualified and ready to work uh, medical laboratory scientists or medical laboratory technologists or really anyone in the laboratory now. When we find them and we appropriately train our individuals, we want to make sure that we retain them. The time that we invest in recruitment and training an individual to, to work productively in our laboratories, we want to make sure that we get a good return on all of that effort. So making sure that you keep all of your employees um, and, and ensure that they are engaged in your laboratory equals more efficiency and more effectiveness, thus more productivity for your laboratory. So if your organization does employee engagement surveys, pay attention to those comments on employee engagement surveys. We're going to talk about ways you can connect with people with purposeful goals um, when you're at meetings and having meetings, ask people what's going well um, and try to connect 
them with the purpose of the department. Um, and when you have people who unfortunately do leave your laboratory, if your laboratory does exit interviews, make sure you're paying attention to the reasons why people are leaving. One of the ways I just mentioned it that you can connect purposely with your employees is employee rounding. And now um, all leaders know that employee rounding is an activity of proactively engaging, listening to, connecting with, building relationships, and supporting your employees. Now, this is not walking around the lab and saying, how are you this morning? Hey, how's it going? Rounding is no intentional and proactive. It's an intentional way to build trusting relationships. We want our employees to choose loyalty. And this is how you um, can retain your employees. Um, I know for myself, I've turned down other jobs that might have offered me more money um, because I didn't want to leave the culture and the connection that I've built um, to the job that I was currently working with. So benefits of rounding, you again, build that relationship, you capture wins, you're quickly getting reports on issues and concerns so you can take action on them. And you're helping people understand key focuses, you're recognizing people, um, and thus improving your employee engagement. There's several forms and trackers that you can use to track your conversations. You can download a lot of these forms online. One suggestion that I would have is make sure that you're rounding with your staff at least once or twice a month, depending on the size of your staff, even more frequently than that. Um, and another suggestion is when you're having these meetings, try to keep the meeting, um, try to prohibit from uh, rescheduling a lot. That way employees feel um, like you have prioritized them in the day. And the last tip I would have is starting the meetings by asking what is working well. That programs the conversation and the mind and the vibe um, of the conversation to flow more positively. It's so easy to immediately start talking about what's not working well. But if I ask you to start out with what is working well, um, that programs your mind into um, starting off the conversation on a completely different foot where we're starting to talk about positives and opportunities versus what may not be working that well. We also uh, want to take the opportunity to listen to the language that is used um, and try to give employees alternatives to the thought process that may be happening. Again, this is about managing our energy um, and managing our energy away from the things that we can't control to the things that we can control. Some techniques that I love um, saying um, during these conversations are given that. And so um, perhaps if somebody says, all the samples are being dumped on us at 5 a.m., we're slammed all the time. Um, you know, people are barely hanging on by the cliff because everything is so busy. And I might respond with, given that things are so busy, what are some things that we can do in the laboratory or what are some opportunities or what are some things that we can implement to be able to handle the increased volume? And again, that just moves people back to a mind frame of um, helplessness to action oriented thought processes. I also like the technique of using the phrase, um, not a yes, if rather than saying no. Um, and this uh, helps 
again, in bringing people back into an action oriented mind frame. Now, one thing um, that I also love in terms of employee engagement is give, making sure that your team has consistent feedback from you as a leader. Um, one method that I love in terms of coaching and giving feedback is a model developed by Quint Studer, and that is the high middle low behavior model. And the high middle low is a systematic approach that creates consistent um, feedback um, and always sets expectations and standards for performance and really helps with managing um, and giving clear uh, guidelines and expectations for your team. Dealing with performance issues is a process. It's not something that happens overnight, but we've learned in management over many years that the reluctance to address low and subpar performance keeps your organization from doing their best. So dealing with performance issues, again, is a process. When you think about your day spent as a supervisor or a manager, um, so much of your day can be sucked up by people who are low performers or considered by you to be low performers. Um, and you spend very little of your day on the people who are actually producing well and doing um, a lot of the great work. And that seems backwards, right? It seems like we should spend the majority of our time praising um, and trying to re-recruit and try to retain are high performers and sometimes that's just not the case. And so the high metal low model is a very effective tool to help you reinvest your time on those that will give you the greatest return on effort. Now I will say the high metal low model is not a magic wand. Um, it will not work without the must haves and the must haves are rounding, making sure that you are providing the proper tools and equipment that your staff need to do their job and relationship development, coaching, and mentoring in all of those things. But I will go a little bit deeper into high, middle, low, and how you identify um, appropriately categorize your team in each category uh, for you um, over the next couple of minutes in this podcast. Um, so in a typical organization, 30 to 35% of your team will be high performers. These are your informal leaders. Um, and the way I think of this is these are the people that I do not want to quit. And I'm sure if you're listening and you're a leader, these um, names or faces of individuals on your team immediately pop into your head. The people who have a huge impact on your team, the people who you lean and rely on and contribute so much to your team. 58% of your team will be middle performers, and that is fine. If we're looking at a bell curve, this is going to be the majority of our team. These are individuals who have good performance, good attendance. They're loyal most of the time. They usually have a good attitude, but occasionally they can be caught up into some negative behavior. But overall, they come to work and they do their job. Now that final eight to 10% are going to be our low performers. And these are the individuals that suck the life out of you. Um, if you look at an example of 10 people on a boat, then two people are rowing forward, two people are rowing backwards, and the others are just sitting in the middle. So most managers, again, tend to focus all of their time on employees that give you little payoff. And you usually 
cannot change their minds. Only one to 3% of the time statistically will low performers change. So work with the people who are willing to work with you. Um, a couple of characteristics of each. So who are high performers? Again, these are the people who, if they quit, you'd really be hurt. Um, they come to work on time. They're problem solvers. They bring solutions. Um, you relax when you know that they're scheduled because they're generally a great influence in terms of professionalism. They adhere to your policies and procedures. Um, they demonstrate a high level of commitment to making things better. Um, there's no buts on being a high performer though. So, you know, don't think of someone of like, oh, they're great. They have great technical experience, but, or they have a great attitude, but there's no buts. Um, so I want you, everybody to take a moment and think about for you, who are your high performers? Because there is a sad truth about high performers, as great as they are, um, high performers generally perceive themselves to be overlooked. 55% have said that they never or rarely are thanked by their boss. And 47% of high performers are likely or actively looking into another job, updating their resume, conducting interview searches, and so on. And this is extremely sad because, again, these are the people we don't want to quit. But these are also people who understand what they bring to an organization and they understand their value and they understand that their value can be demonstrated somewhere else. Our middle performers are exactly um, how they sound. They have good attendance. They want to do a good job. Um, they generally will help their managers when they are prompted to, but they are easily influenced. The good thing is they're easily influenced either way by high performers or by low performers. And that's why it's so important to make sure that we are handling the low performers in our departments. Now the low performers, and again, names, faces probably pop into your head as I go over some of these characteristics, but your low performers suck the life out of you. Typically, when they do leave, you are happier. Um, maybe your team is happier. A lot of times, teams would rather work short than work with a low performer because low performers just suck the life right out of you. Um, they easily point out problems in a negative way. They view um, sometimes coworkers, but definitely leadership negatively. Um, they're masters at saying like we versus they, like us techs versus those managers. Um, passive aggressiveness is a very common characteristic of a low performer. Um, again, um, complain instead of having a pro being a problem solver in all of these actions. Um, so let's talk about what you can do as a manager, as a leader. Um, step one, complete an assessment of your employees using a differentiate, using a differentiating model or chart to categorize all of your teams. And you can do this in Excel. Um, you're going to do your high and your middle and your low and just place names under the categories. Rule of thumb, if you're wondering if somebody is a high performer, they're probably not because high performers, generally there's no question in your mind if they're a high performer or not. Second, um, you're going to determine a schedule of when to start having conversations. And if you haven't started having conversations, now is a perfect time to start and start preparing notes for each conversation. Um, if you co-manage a department, 
Um, if you are the supervisor and you have a manager, you want to work together on hosting these conversations. But what's very important is we want to have our high performer conversations first. So we want to schedule a meeting with everybody on your list that you have listed as a high performer first, then our middle performers, and then finally our low performers. Now for our low performers, if you're not that sure, or if you haven't had very many difficult conversations, you might want to engage assistance from your human resources or from a trusted mentor or a higher level colleague that can assist you with these conversations. Um, the premise is with our high performers first, they are very positive conversations. Um, we want to let them know um, how grateful that we are, that they work for our organization, you know, something to the effect of if you didn't work, if, if they didn't work for you, you may consider them your friend. Um, you want them to feel good about the conversation, tell them where the department is going and your vision for them in that plan. And thank you for all of your work that you're doing for the organization. Also tell them specifically what they are doing that makes them so valuable. Um, what about them is so wonderful. High performers are generally not impressed by superficial compliments. Um, so outline specifically why they are important to your organization. Ask them what you can do for them. Most high performers will ask for more responsibility, more training, or more professional development. Um, so this is not a coaching opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to re-recruit your high performers. Um, you're going to have all of those conversations and then you're going to bring in your middle performers. Now, your middle performers, again, you have all of your high performer conversations and then you're going to talk to the middle performers, which are the majority of your staff. But the good news is that you've already met with 30 percent of your staff. And so you've created a positive environment for these rounding meetings. Um, staff might already have a little buzz about the lab about you meeting with people, but the people that you've met with up until now, it's been a very positive experience. And so that is what your middle performers will expect expect in these meetings. These are one-on-one -on -one meetings, very similar to the high performer conversations. You want to make them feel good, but we also want to incorporate some, some details about development with our middle performers. Um, the goal is to reassure, re-recruit, and retain them. So we want to support coach and affirm our middle performers, support them with their good qualities, calm their anxiety, let them know you do value them, but then coach them, maybe give them one to two opportunities at a maximum that they can work on as an opportunity to better themselves. And then again, reinforce the good qualities about them um, in the laboratory um, and why they are so great on the team. Once you finish your conversations with your middle performers, now you've effectively met with 90% of your staff, all of your middle performers, all of your high performers. And so 90% of your staff feels good and secure. That's when we want to bring in our low performers and have those conversations. Before you deal with your lower performers, make sure, again, if you're not securing having these types of difficult conversations, that you consult with your boss um, or your human resources department. Always have a witness in the room. And we want to take note that this is not a positive meeting, so we don't give mixed emotions. So when your low performer comes in, you want to let them know immediately that this is a very serious meeting and that you should have met with them earlier. Um, typically a low performer 
will interrupt you within 20 seconds of you talking. So you also want to set the stage up front um, with a disclaimer to the low performer to please not to interrupt you, let you finish your entire conversation with them. Um, you're, uh, you're the one who is nervous, um, with these conversations. Um, low performers are generally very comfortable with conversations like this. Um, they have, uh, typically had these conversations their whole life, maybe in previous jobs or relationships or even in high school. And so, uh, just realize that you are the one who is uncomfortable during this conversation. And the conversation is not an easy one. The employee uh, must know exactly, though, what they need to do differently to meet the expectations of maintaining their job. So um, human nature, nature, um, people change their behavior because of positive or pain. So we want people to understand exactly what they are doing that is not meeting the job expectations and what are your clear standards for them moving forward. You want to describe what you have observed, detailed behaviors that are unacceptable um, in the laboratory and be very specific about those um, and detail what you want to see from them moving forward um, and make sure that you follow up. It's, it's frivolous or needless to have a low performer conversation unless you're going to do that consistent follow up. Now be sure low performers will leave this conversation and go and complain to the middle performers, but that risk is very low for you because you've already met with your middle performers and in their head, they had a very positive meeting with you. So when your low performers do try to go and stir up the high performers in your middle performers, it usually isn't very effective. Um, we've all been stirred up by low performers. So high and middle performers must know where they stand first. Um, when you've had all these meetings and as you continue to follow up with your low performers, what you've effectively accomplished is, uh, re-recruiting, praising, and celebrating your high performers, working on a plan to move your middle performers to high performers with coaching and with giving them the opportunities that they need to um, meet those goals. And um, you've given your low performers the expectations of what they need to either become middle performers or leave your organization. And until your entire team, you've demonstrated care and concern for the strongest members of your team. You've demonstrated a commitment to the entire team's growth and development, and you've affirmed an appreciation for your high and your middle performers. We've let those with sub performance know exactly where they stand in the laboratory. And so again, you have effectively uh, used consistent feedback to let everybody in the laboratory know how um, they are appreciated, where they stand and what they need to do to become better. A great book that I love is uh, Crucial Conversations. Crucial Conversations um, is a book that guides you through discussions where two or more people are talking and the stakes are high and opinions may vary and emotions may run strong. And it's a very good book for giving managers or leaders the tools for having difficult conversations. And so if you have not read that book, that's a book that I highly, highly, highly recommend. Some frequently asked questions that I'm usually asked when I um, give talks about the high, middle, low um, model to provide consistent feedback to your team is, Um, What if 
you have a high performer, but they have a time and attendance issue. And I usually say, well, that person is not a high performer because again, high performer, there are no buts. And so um, if a person is a high performer in every way, but they have a time and attendance issue or any other issue, you can put behavioral issue or they make a lot of mistakes, then that person is generally a low performer. Um, Another question I usually get is what if the employee has been on the team, quote unquote, forever? Um, And then I usually reply with if the person has been with the organization forever on a team for forever, then to me, you owe it to them to tell them the truth and to offer them that feedback. And um, the most frequently asked question that I get is what if I haven't documented anything before? And I usually tell people if you've never documented anything before, then today is a great day to start. So um, as we conclude, I hope I've given you some great tips on how to get your team engaged, how to round with your team, how to figure it out. Don't just get through things. Try to figure things out and understand the lessons that um, can be learned from challenges in your laboratory and how you can coach people to success um, and how you can act with your high, middle and low performers and use consistent communication to operate well in your laboratory. As always, I enjoy talking to our listeners. Um, if you have any questions, you can feel free to connect with me on my social media pages. Um, I'll put that in the link in the show notes. I so enjoy having these conversations. So be sure to connect with me if you have other tips on how to engage your employees or how to keep your team Um, highly motivated, share those with us and let's have a conversation on our LinkedIn group or on social media. Until then, have a great day um, and be sure to share this episode out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics, where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.